All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast, uh, Blue Mountain version, the Blue Mountain Fantasy Baseball Champions League. Shane, did I get that right? Got it right this time. All right, so obviously Shane's here joining me. Um, of the four of us here tonight, three of us did not lose our matchups last week. Um, I'll let you guys sort out who is here then. And uh, Kyle, oh, oh you're hey, the you're that one going? guy. What's up, man? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you lose. It happens. Are you still better? Yeah, absolutely. Shane <laughs> had the luckiest week in the history of fantasy baseball. After all, he all he does is complain about how unlucky he is, and then it's it's on it's insane. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> all right. Um. So yeah, Kyle's here. Shane's here, and then Brandon Schur's here. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, Kaz? I'm good. See, no one ever asked me how I'm doing. Everyone just says <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So first, I guess. Um, for the guys in the league, thanks for those that kind of told me that they're listening. Um, and you guys seem to be enjoying this, so we'll keep going with it. Um, find us on Twitter at Red Triangle 23 Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, give us a rate review on iTunes if that is the outlet on which you listen. Um, I guess let's just get the boxing gloves out of the way here. Shane, Kyle, you guys can talk about your matchup last week. I'll, right. I'll let Shane take the floor first since Kyle Kyle took a Rugnetto door shot at Shane there <laughs> to open up the podcast. All right. I know Kyle's a little upset, but I tried to explain this to him. Like, I understand. I probably should not have beat you in RBIs last week. Your team's a little, your team's better than me on offense. But, I mean, I don't know how you get off saying that your pitching is that much better than mine. Um, I don't think either of our pitching has been outstanding, so I think I... Neither of us had a great week last week. It just happened to be I beat you by a little bit in the pitching categories. And it seems to be where your team struggles. And I took advantage. Yeah. Um, I don't ever say my pitching's good. Um, but I also don't think your pitching's good. Um, <laughs> I just, if you look at what you did through your streaming, you were ridiculously lucky. You picked up guys that were on the waiver wire and they went off. So you won. In my, in my defense, there it wasn't just blindly picking up guys. I mean, I, I did some research behind my every move that I made. And, yes, it was lucky that they all performed well. Um, I guess that's part, of, that's part of the sport, though. That's part of what we do. Um, it's kind of the, the state of where my team's at. I have the ability to do that right now because of the way my roster's put together. And at some point, I'm sure it's going to be a hindrance. But... I'm riding that roller coaster right now, and, and it's working out so far. Do we have a count on how many transactions he made that week? I get four. E- I get four emails every morning <laughs> that Shane added and dropped up four players. The one day I think he made eight. <laughs> I eight players that can drop. I, I actually have the number. I used forty-five players against you last week, <laughs> so there were twenty-six. Add and drops during the week last week. Uh, or, well, I guess 25-minute roster, so I used 20 add and drops against you last week. So, for anybody out there that uh, voted for weekly, you've just gained a new follower in me. <laughs> nice. Here we go. All right, making some progress. Good. All right, so, speaking of transactions, two trades have gone down since we last spoke. Um, two starting pitchers got moved. First one, Kingdom Come, gets Steven Strasburg. And Gorilla Glue, in return, gets Hunter Renfro 
Daniel Norris and the Kingdom Come fourth round minor in 2017. Um, I guess I'll, I'll lead off here. I love Strasburg. Love this move for Zach. Um, as far as what Bino traded to me to get Strasburg, he gave me a second rounder and Lucas Sims at the time. So I guess he gets a pretty comparable return back for Strasburg. But to me, the big thing is I feel like everybody in this league keeps thinking Daniel Norris is going to be good. And he's been traded like three times, I think, in the last three years. And I think he sucks. So that that's my opinion on all this. Uh, I think this is another one where I thought I hate to keep beating him up because I, I like the guy. I think he could have got a lot more. Uh, I just think that Strasburg could have commanded a huge return. Not to say that he didn't get a good return here. Uh, I think Renfro is a good player. I mean, Zach's obviously been trying to sell the guy. It seems like seven years now. Um, <laughs> just to just about everyone in the league. And he finally gets it done. Um, so, But Renfro's performing really well in the minors again. Um, so we'll see when he comes up and is a is a factor. But yeah, I mean, for me it comes down to is Daniel Norris ever going to be good? Because that's kind of the piece that I think has to work out here for, for Gorilla Glue to make this worth it. Um, heard about how good he's going to be. I haven't seen it yet. So if he, he turns into being a, a nice piece, then maybe Gorilla Glue gets the value that they need. But I think it could have been a huge bidding war here for Strasburg. I think he missed out on it. I, yeah, I would just, just to, say again. I think he, uh, I think he just he sold too soon after seeing his return on the other ones. Um, you think he would have waited a little bit on this one, uh, especially because this is a guy he can keep and can can perform for him even another year. Um, but you know, I like Renfro, and you know, I don't really like Norris, but I always like any minor picks. So it's nice that he got another pick. Hopefully. You know, he's acquiring all these assets. Hopefully, he does takes the time to prepare this year for the for the minor draft. Um, and it's looking like he's gonna have to cut some minors. So, um, I guess we'll see what he does. Yeah, he's got three first round picks, as I think we talked about last podcast, um, along with the other picks he's acquired. Sure. Yeah. What's your thoughts? I kind of did a little breakdown of the two trades because um, I thought they were a little comparable, and I don't want to jump into the next one, but. Price and Strasburg are pretty comparable in my mind. Strasburg might be a little more valuable depending on what you're trying to do this year because of being under contract. But I still think um, Price had more of a return than Strasburg with being under control. Uh, you look at Hunter Renfro, probably a good prospect, but then you look at a, an, not an established, but small sample size, but Brandon Drury is... is looking like a pretty solid hitter already in the pros uh, and then two top 100 prospects in the return plus ten dollars of cash for the next two years so i think the return for price was was better than what the return for Strasburg was well first before we get into that second trade i want to say i think when shane was talking i have a theory on why daniel norris is popular in this league we got some guys in this league that are some free spirit mountain men dudes. Day, Jordan, looking at you guys here. Um, Norris lives in a van and shaves his beard with an axe. So I think that's why people <laughs> like Daniel Norris, maybe. I don't know. There, there might be something behind that. I mean, he, he seems to be really well liked in the, in the league. He hasn't really shown it yet. Um, not to say that it won't happen eventually, but hey, maybe sometimes you like a guy for 
for what he does off the field as well. All right, speaking of day, let's talk about my trade because it did get one objection vote that I saw so far. <laughs> um, I won't get into too many details, but Josh, you know what we're talking about. Um, I got David Price from Burkhart for Brandon Drury, Alex Verdugo, Jack Flaherty, and $10 each in the next two years, as uh, Sure alluded to. I definitely overpaid compared to what Kyle got Strasburg for, but my thinking was plain and simple. You know, Burkhart, we all assume he's a seller at this point, but he hasn't come out and actually told everybody yet. So my thought process was real simple. I want to get this guy on my team before everybody else gets a shot at him because if Price had hit the open market and Burkhardt had taken multiple offers on him, I don't think I would have been able to compete, nor would I have wanted to compete. So that was my impetus for wanting to get this done rather quickly. Yeah, you kind of just stole him from, I think, a bunch of people that were eager to get in on that. I think uh would have been a huge, huge war for David Price. Um, but you make him a really good offer and uh, tough for him to turn down right away. I mean you got to give value for the guy. I'm, I'm sure he knew he was going to give value at some point. And he, he definitely, I think he did a nice job here. I really like Drury, so I guess that, that's why it's that way for me. Um, I'm a big fan. I think he's going to be a really nice hitter for, for a long time. Um, then adds on a couple prospects, and you can't go wrong with getting the, the cash for, for two straight years. Um, it's a huge thing. So another rebuilding process here for the Sluggers, but I think they did a nice job of getting something and still have a nice – a few pieces left that they can do some more damage as the deadline approaches. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Burkhardt did well in this trade, but, um, you'd argue he probably could have done better. Um, him and I spoke a little bit, um, about price. I've seen if I could find a way to make it work, um, with my team. So he did say he had a good offer on the table and, and I figured it was cause, um, but I just I couldn't make the money work with my team, so I kind of bowed out. And as soon as I told him I was out, he, he accepted the trade, which um, I think if he would have shopped a little harder, he could have done a little better. Um, and I mean, I think we've all made that pretty clear. But you got to be excited about getting ten dollars for the next couple of years. And um, Drury does look like he could be promising. So um, I wouldn't say that he did poor, but I think my guess is if he could have put it out for everyone, he, he would have done better. All right, um, yeah, Price will come on my team tomorrow. He had a good start last night against the Royals, so um, definitely excited about my three pitching additions I've made. Um, Going to probably take a step back from the trade market, um, unless anybody wants Prince Fielder. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've made multiple Prince Fielder offers to people this week, and apparently um, everybody wants him less than I do, so... Um, yeah, if somebody wants fielder out there, wants to buy low on a top offensive talent um, at a basement price, um, yeah, you guys got a way to contact me. All right, so we're going to give Sher the floor here, just like we did Bino uh, when Bino joined us a couple weeks ago. Uh, Brandon, give us, it's your first year in the league, give us an assessment of not only your team, but what it's like being in this league so far. Yeah, so... I came in the league this year knowing three or four guys. Um, very happy to be in the league. It's a competitive league, fun league. Uh, my team this year, coming in first year, wasn't really sure what to expect. 
did get pushed around in the draft a little bit. Can admit that. Uh, found myself in the middle rounds with a lot of money, which turned out to be a downside. Uh, I got some guys at the end that I did like. Obviously, overspent for them. Um, so that that kind of pushed me into an odd spot. Spot. Also had a slow start with some guys. Adam Jones, Lorenzo Cain started slow out of the gates. Uh, finally turning it on now, but um, digging out of a hole for sure. Uh, guys, I like on my team. Obviously, you gotta like what Planko's doing. Uh, he's probably the most I'm excited about right now. Been a, a top prospect for quite a, a couple years now. And always been serviceable, but this year really looks like he's starting to turn the corner into a superstar. Pirates are putting him in the three-hole lately, so that's a nice addition and a good offense. Mm-hmm. Also, like I like my minor leaguers, and I've talked to a couple people on trades, but minor leaguers aren't necessarily what I'm looking for just because of my minor league system. I think has some really good guys in it, like Judge, Winkler... Uh, Nimmo, guys like that. So I'm looking for major league ready talent almost in keeper. And and I've talked to some people about packaging a couple of players moving forward in this year that'll be beneficial to them. Might not be keepers, but in return for one solid keeper. All right. um, I guess, first of all, shout out to Phil Bruce for building that. Uh, minor league roster for you. Well, that's what I was just gonna say. I mean, I was excited for for you to come on board because you took over what was a pretty good roster, um, and I was excited because I knew you were gonna have more baseball knowledge and probably more effort than than what Phil put together in his two years in the league. Um, or was it just one year? I don't even. Two years. Two years. Yeah. Um, for because I always, I always talked about it last year. Phil's team last year was probably one of the best in the league. He just didn't put forth the effort to, to make it into anything. Um, he really barely touched his roster, and I think he ended up around 500. Um, so, I mean, without even putting any effort in of, of moving around his guys, his, his roster was good. So it's not like you, you walked into a situation where you had to build from the ground up um, some pretty good players to work with. Um, so I figured you, you would do do much better than, than what Phil brought to us, I guess, as, as a league. Um so that, that was my one, one takeaway there. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. One thing I wanted to ask you, sure, you came out a couple of weeks ago and said some guys on your team are available. Then last week you come out and you beat Zach. I believe it was Zach. And this week you're beating Kyle right now. Are things changing your outlook? Or are you still trying to see what you can move? Uh, it's a it's a fine line right now. I'm not in any rush, and I'm, I'm definitely not going to sell low on guys at this point. But at the same time, if I do get good offers, I will be able to be willing to move them just because I don't know if fighting for that eight spot in playoffs really turns a whole lot of value. You'll get a tough first round matchup, could be out when you could turn a couple of guys, flip them in a trade and really make next year positive outlook moving forward. All right, you talked about being excited about Gregory Polanco. Um, you also have Michael Franco and Francisco Lindor, two other kind of coveted young up-and-coming stars in the league. Um, 
I guess you said Polanco is the one you're most excited about. Who in your minor league system are you most excited about? Would it be Judge? Yeah, I think it would be Aaron Judge just because of the, the power. Um, there's not a lot of power out there that's able to be to be moved. Anybody who has significant power is probably being kept each year. So then you're, you're, you're taking a stab that you can maybe hit on a guy like, like Trumbo this year to turn into a 30 home run guy. There's not a lot of that available for trade or available in the open market. For me, it's interesting. I mean, you have a roster with players like Franco, Lindor, Kane, Adam Jones, Polanco. Um, the list goes on. You have some solid pitching. Your best two players so far this year have been Ben Zobrist and Travis Shaw. Um, that's just the way the numbers have worked out so far. Those have been your best two guys. Um, been a really nice surprise, especially for Shaw, I think. I think a lot of us expected Zobrist to have a nice season, maybe not this good. But, I mean, Shaw has been outstanding for you. Um, he's Right now, he's 33rd on the player rater. Um, can't get much better for a guy that you obviously weren't expecting this kind of production from. No, I mean, he's a guy I, I think I picked up in the first week when they found out he was going to be the starter over Sandoval. I don't think he went in the draft. I think I got him in the first week off the waiver wire, and he's turned into a solid player. Um so I've had some surprises. I've also had some flops. I look at guys like Pedro Alvarez. Um, really thought that would be a low source, a low cost of power. Um, moving to the AL, thought getting him out of the field, putting him in the DH spot might help him. Uh, obviously, I think he has two home runs and eight RBIs, so that's a pretty big flop. But at this point, can't really let him go because I spent so much money on him. Uh, Chris Medlin was another guy thought would just run out there and put up quality start after quality start and he was giving up five six runs the other thing that that kind of comes up with me is the the um, Michael Waka last-minute thing at the table with the arbitration threw me for a little bit and I don't know if I wouldn't have would have not kept Shevley Miller if I had time to think about it um, looking at it now definitely think that keeper should have been Lucas Duda um, but didn't really that was kind of not understanding the league at that point that Lucas Duda had more value than probably even Mike Waka yeah nobody yeah. nobody really respects Lucas Duda in this league except for maybe me so. <laughs> um, but he, he's definitely valuable especially what I think is a really weak first base crop yeah, we kind of threw you into a tough situation there. Um, unfortunate on draft day, um, we missed that one. But obviously, Shelby Miller's been a disappointment. But yeah, Duda, Duda would have been a nice, nice addition um, as, as a keeper value. Especially, what do you go for? Thirty-five bucks, I think, in the draft. Something yeah, like something that. Like and, that. He was at, and he was at five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so hindsight. But again, even if I knew, I don't know if I, I changed that to Lucas Duda at that point. So. The next thing I had for you, uh, you were the benefactor of uh, the Stramaris Stallions making their first air of the season, um, going over the cap with their trade. Um, he has to drop. He dropped Eugenio Suarez, and you're the you're the guy that snatches him up off the waivers. And nice, pretty nice piece to uh, add into that shortstop hole. I'm sure there were some people going after him. I know I was in. I think I was, I was one spot behind you, I believe, on the waiver wire. Um, Kind of maybe changes things around for you. I mean, anytime you can fill a middle infield spot with a with a power bat, uh, it kind of 
turns the tide a little bit. And obviously your offense is clicking right now on all cylinders. Um, do you expect your team to be in contention in a couple of weeks the way you're playing? Well, before you answer that, Kyle, can we get a pronunciation on, is it A. Eugenio Suarez? It is A. Eugenio. Um, and yeah, um, just want to speak a little bit about the situation. Yeah, I, I guess I smelled blood in the water with Bino making the moves he was making. Um, felt the need to go out and try and grab Hayward Bow. And we talked about it earlier, I was able to do that without ever taking the time to look at my, my cap space. And I kind of shot myself in the foot. And, you know, I wasn't too thrilled to have to drop Suarez, but um, when I took a look at my roster, I needed flexibility. So I had to go ahead and drop a guy that had a higher contract. And, um, you know, the way Dietrich's playing, I was able to fill him in in middle infield. And um, luckily, Hayward's been hitting a little bit better since he's been a stallion. So the the funny thing is I'm still even playing with 24 guys on my roster at this point. So um, You're the best, man. Not too thrilled about that. I'm losing, too. <laughs> All right, so go back to... I yeah, guess, yeah, I mean, to me, it was kind of an easy claim uh i mean the guy walks on my team and leads my team in home runs instantly so uh and he replaces a guy maybe like uh dd gregorius or jed lowry so i definitely think it's a step up it's also a piece potentially if he gets back to the mid uh beginning season form that i can keep moving forward uh so for me it was a no-brainer definitely made my team better this year gives me an option for next year maybe even a sell uh, later in the year this year. Um, sure, you talked about coming to the league. You knew probably, I guess it's me, Cody, Shane, and Ball were the four guys you probably knew from yeah, baseball. Yeah. Um, is Cody your biggest rival in the league just because, you know, your time at Kutztown together, same division, stuff like that? Yeah, probably. I mean, this year, I mean, Billy's obviously the top of the division. He kind of thumped me in our first matchup, so can't really call that a rivalry at this point so it's probably chode just because of knowing him uh i'm sure zach's probably not too too thrilled with my team last year's or last week's performance uh turning around what uh looked like a dismal season all against him at one time but i would definitely say chode's probably the the biggest rival yeah um i mean i'm obviously uh i take this way too seriously (laughs) <laughs> and I'm a pretty pretty big nerd when it comes to following our league. Um, you put together the best day, I think, in the history of the league. Last Wednesday, I believe it was. <clears throat> it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, you hit like 520 with seven homers. We talked about it last week. Um, it's the kind of thing that can turn a season around. I mean, you, you go one day from selling, you have a day like that, and it just carries you to a big win over a good team. And, and now you're... Now you're right back in the thick of it if you can get another win this week. So, yeah, unbelievable stuff. I mean, uh, just one of those days you kind of dream about, <laughs> fantasy-wise. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously that, that night and week was probably a little overboard. Can't expect it. But at the same time, I do have Adam Jones and Lorenzo Cain turning it on right now, which is two, two of my keepers that were both hitting right around 200 for the first four weeks. Uh, with minimal power and not really doing a whole lot. So um, 
I think them combined with a couple other guys just doing it at the right time did make that a, a good week and a good good night for me. One last thing that I had is I think you, you kind of are a team right now. Obviously, this is your first year. You weren't really involved in our voting in the offseason. We, we slide to the 18 playoff this year. Um, a lot of talk about it. Uh, some people on one side of the fence, some people on the other. Um, I think that the way your season has gone in the past, if we stuck with the six-team playoff, you're the kind of you get off to a slow start like that. You almost have to sell because you're going to be really hard pressed to get into that top six. But with the new format, it kind of gives you new life, and I think it's going to maybe have your team be able to hang around all the way to the deadline, and it's going to give you that extra couple months to decide whether or not you you really have a shot at this. Because I think with the roster you have. I don't see a reason why you couldn't be a contender. Um, it's just I think that that new new playoff format is going to come uh, come in handy for a team like yours. Yeah, that's what like I said with with the recent success my team's been having. I'm not in a rush to sell anymore, so I do have the extra time now to wait it out, see what happens. At the same time, <laughs> if somebody does come with a, a good offer, I won't be afraid to pull the trigger just because I don't know. Like I said, if there's a huge benefit in being that eight seed, when I still look at my team, look at Ball's team and Billy's team, and and can kind of say, I'm I'm less than them moving forward this year. Uh, so, and we talked a little bit before we came on that if it's football, uh, I'm buying, I'm all in, trying to get in because you can have a crazy week. Somebody catches three touchdowns. Baseball is a little different. It's a, a game of consistency and and. Some of my guys just aren't very consistent. So to push for that seven or eight seed and lose in the first round, I think it, if I can get the value, I'd be better off selling and, and really moving into next year looking for a top four seed. I think that's a great point because I've kind of been of the mindset that being seventh or eighth in this year's playoff, I'd rather be a seller at this point. So Yeah, that's kind of the fine line I think that you have to, you have to figure out. Is it worth it for me to be the seven or eight seed? Um, how much do I care to make the playoffs knowing that odds are I'm not going to win the title? Um, that's kind of where everyone has to sit if you're not one of the top top teams. Um, talk about it right now. We have three teams that have over 50 wins. I mean, Chodas, 50, I think, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the three teams we always talk about. I think I would have 50 if I hadn't had this five. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's still riding it. Still I, I have it. to bring it up. I, I don't. Even, it's not. Even, I don't even care anymore. But I feel like this podcast isn't justice if I don't at least bring it up once a week. So yeah. let me let me interject here real quick. I think um, I guess I'm the only one on this podcast tonight that is in uh, on the other side of the fence there when it comes to making the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I, I I've been in the situation where I thought I needed to sell. And I did, um, and then still ended up making the playoffs. And I don't know. I just I think anything can happen. I mean, you know, the first round of the playoffs is only one week, so you know you can get lucky there. And teams have have been bad for two consecutive weeks in the past. So I, I just I want to get to the dance and and be able to you know try and win. I think um, even uh, specifically with your team, Brandon. I think that you have a lot of really good pieces and you do have a good minor league system um and you have picks so uh if i were you i might be buying 
and seeing if you can turn this thing into a top team this year. And um, if you can buy now, I think it would give you plenty of time to sell if that doesn't work out. So I guess that's kind of where I sit with it if I'm you. Um, but I, I think you'd be able to buy some things from Tom at this point that could definitely help your squad. That's advice from a two-time champion right there. So I don't know <laughs> if you can uh, let that fall on deaf ears there, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like Shane said. It's a fine line. Uh, I'm, I'm not giving up on this year. Like I said, the, the two weeks here that I put together competing with two good teams definitely has me holding out. I'm not looking to, to say, all right, I'll take a solid minor leaguer and some cash and, and just give them away. Uh, but... Well, you don't have to sugarcoat it. It's you don't want to get in the market that Bino set. I mean, that's right. that's what exactly. that's where you're at. I, I mean, I, and I was close to pulling the trigger before Bino kind of went on his kind of tear, and then the market ended up just going down. Uh, and some deals that I was getting wasn't weren't of value uh, to me because the market was so low. So at that point, even I said, I'll just wait it out. We have. A month and a half whatever to the deadline and then i i put together these two weeks um i got one more question and mine centered around adam jones he's in year seven of eight contract uh still at a good price he'll be 14 dollars next year do you feel like you have to sell him this year he's a consistent player obviously still can play a little bit but we've seen skills declining now I think over the last couple of years, he gets a little worse. Still pretty consistent, but at some point, you almost feel like he's the type of player that it's going to bottom out quickly. Um, do you feel like, even if you are a contender, you know, Jones is a guy where you could swap him with other players that could keep you in contention. Is he a guy you feel like you almost have to move this year? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of look at it. Like you said, he's getting a little older. The He's definitely going downhill. Uh, he's turned it around now. Everyone's seen the regression at this point, though. So you're not. I, it's hard pressed to find something just for him, which is why I kind of tried to package him earlier uh, with with some other people, because I think for him, probably looking at a solid minor leaguer and and some cash or a pick. I don't know if you're getting anything substantial in return for this year. Yeah, he was he was the one guy that I, I think Phil screwed you with. Uh, I don't know how many times I told Phil last year that you have to trade Adam Jones, and he kept telling me he's my best player, and I kept telling him you have to trade him now. I mean, <laughs> this is when you have to get rid of him. You can get a lot of, a lot of return for him. He just couldn't pull the trigger, um, and that, that was the one area that, that I think it would have been better to, to have whatever he would have got for him then, but other than that, you can't really be too, too upset about it. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of think at, at the point where he's at now, his value finishing his contract on my team might be better than what I'm going to get in return for him. Uh, so it's, again, it's it's tough. It's a fine line. Yeah, and, you know, you're probably right. We've seen guys like Evan Longoria who have declining skill. I'd compare them to because declining skill sets but still valuable at their position. Um, and with the contract that Longoria has, you know, you almost have to hold him, and he's been serviceable enough that he's worth holding on to. So um, you may be right there. Kyle, you got anything for Brandon? I think you should sell Adam Jones to me. 
I saw the whole time he was talking about Adam, Adam Jones. I'm watching your wheels spinning in your head. Um, I can just see. I'm coming up with offers in my head. Or we'll be texting. Sure, just got a text right now. I think. That's the other thing I want to ask you, sir. All right, new guy in the league. About how many offers has Kyle made you so far? Uh, I think I actually <laughs> sought him out for the the kind of the biggest package just because he has multiple pieces moving forward for the next three, four years under contract that are going to be very top 15 guys. So I kind of sought him out to put together a package to maybe just put him over the edge this year um, and give up one, one top talent. And there's where you make your rookie mistake is dealing with the devil. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's the first thing you don't want to do. I take offense to that. Call me anything but that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, Shane, you got anything else for Brandon? That was it. All right, so let's move forward. Talking about matchups this week. Uh, for me, there's two big ones going on in the league this week. It is the Matadors versus uh, Kingdom Come and Beantown Bombers versus the Fanatics. Um, we all talked about how much we like uh, Adam's team after the draft and here he sits um, tied 7-7 with Billy he was beating him as of this morning um, and then you have Zach putting a 10-3 hurting on Andy right now um, what do you guys think about these two matchups and how they could uh, affect the league here moving forward well for me it's clearly the uh, Kingdom Come Matadors matchup that the one I'm watching more closely um Zach's team just having a great week this week. And Ball seems not having a terrible week, but he's not having a great week by any means. Um, huge swing for my division, Division hopeful, hoping that uh, Zach would get a, get a loss this week against Andy, playing against a pretty good team. But it's not looking like that's going to happen right now. Um, it's early, but certainly it looks like Zach's going to come away with a win in a week that I was hoping that maybe he gets the 9-5, 10-4 loss that I took to Andy in week one. Yeah, I would just say um, that, I, I mean, I think Zach's team's clearly playing really well. And uh, like you said, Shane, I, I'm surprised, I guess, to see Andy losing so big. Um, this was a week, I guess, you got to be excited about when you have the top team in your division, or one of the top teams in your division going up against one of the top teams in the league. You almost can bank on catching up in some categories, but... It's looking like that's just not going to be the case for you. Um, you might be able to get, you know, <clears throat> one win more than him, um, which doesn't hurt, but you're clearly looking for something a little better. And, uh, I mean, I've, I've been the one, you know, Kaz has said it in text to us, that has been on the Fanatics bandwagon more than anybody else. I think his team um, has a lot of good players, and he made a nice move you know, with Bino. So, um, I think he's a team to watch out for. So, I'm not overly surprised that he's keeping it close with, with Billy. Speaking of Billy, um, I have to do mention, I have to mention the fact that Cody did beat Billy earlier in the season. I feel like <laughs> we didn't mention that last week and Cody was upset and let, <laughs> let us know that he beat Billy. So, in case the rest of the league missed it, because we did, Cody did beat Billy earlier in the, earlier in the season. So, 
Um, yeah, he was pretty fired up about that yeah, one. I think yeah. that one hurt a little bit. Yeah, that, that was definitely, I don't think, half kidding at all. Um, I'm excited about Zach beating up on Andy, and I'm hoping I can turn things around and get a bigger win against Burkhart because I have a chance to maybe make up some ground in my division. Uh, it seems like, I, I don't want to rattle a cage here, but it seems like maybe Andy is in coast mode here in the middle of the season for a little bit. Yeah, probably yeah. probably shouldn't have said that because um, I know I know he <laughs> listens to the show, but um, you know maybe I have a chance to make up some ground on him here. So we're gonna see what we can do here in these middle weeks, especially with uh, the fact that I play Andy next week. So yeah, uh, I don't know that it's coast mode as much as Zach's team is performing at a very high level. Yeah, um, this week, but haven't seen the typical Tampa Bay Rays streaming though that we see <laughs> from Andy. So all right. Um, Shane, you want to get into your surprise segment? That yeah, you're... I had to put a little, wanted to put a little segment in here before we get to our. I guess we're doing our top threes. Um, just looking at some some stats on, on our site. Um, I, th- I think it w- thought it would be fun to go through and see if you guys can name who are the top teams in every category in our league. Um, so let me get to it here, and we'll we'll, we'll kick it off. Can you... This could take us a long time. Shane's using technology. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I see smoke. I'm there. I'm there. Relax. <laughs> Relax. All right. Well, I guess we'll, we'll do the offensive categories first. Um, can you guys name who is the best batting average team in the league? I'm going to go with Zach. I'll pick Andy. I'd say Billy. All right. Sure is right. The Beantown Bombers are the, are the top batting average team at 280. Wow. Uh, Zach comes in a close second at 278, so you're right there. Andy's actually in the middle of the pack, uh, eighth, Kyle. Um, we have a pretty big disparage in, uh, from top to bottom. Bombers are 280, and Glue brings out the, the bottom at 239, so not a, not a very big offensive season there. <laughs> um, we'll move over to home runs. Who you got? Is it me? I, I would also probably say Kyle. Um, yeah, I guess Kyle's probably the the choice to make here, but I think you're gonna find that Tom's probably higher on that list than you would expect. Um, the correct answer is the Stallions. Uh, they have 80 home runs this year, two ahead of Kingdom Come in second. Um, at 78, Tom is 11. Oh, okay. So he has 49. So <laughs> I mean, he's he's, he's in the middle. Way off. <laughs> um, anyone anyone want to guess who's at the bottom of that list? Me. Jones Bros. Uh, the Sluggers. These Sluggers themselves are <laughs> at the bottom of the home run. So not many Sluggers on the Slugger squad. Uh, 34 home runs this year. You know, that takes me back to one of my favorite pastimes I've ever draft. Whenever Burkhart buys his first player <laughs> hitter of the draft, Billy always comes in with the comment, Hey, Burkhart, you got your first Slugger. <laughs> So that's always one of my favorite pastimes on draft day ever since. It's usually James Loney, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move over to on-base percentage. I'm going to say it's Billy. Uh, I'll say Ball. 
wasn't me. It is Billy, but this is our closest race. Billy's at 353. Ball and Kyle both at 352. Ooh. So, really close race there in on base. Uh, Zach and, and Frank right close behind. So, let's go to move over to runs. Maybe go with Chode. Caleb. I will take Zach. Uh, it is the Stallions again, killing everyone. You are at 270, 20 up on the next closest team, which is the Fanatics. Um, so, Stallions scoring a bunch of runs, hitting a bunch of home runs this year. No different than usual. <laughs> RBIs. Who you got? I have some runs for sale. <laughs> Who you got in RBIs? Zach. Kyle. Uh, Frank. It is a tie between Zach and Frank. So, uh, two good guesses there. 252. The Jones Bros. Surprisingly, I saw my name on this list. I'm in third. <laughs> two behind them. I don't know how that happened. Jose L2. That's how it happened. I, I really don't know how that happened. That's, that must be. It's gotta be Shane not knowing how to work technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually did it in descending, uh, ascending order instead of descending. Uh, stolen bases. Jones Bros. Shane. Might as well go with it, Shane. Yeah, this one's not really close. I'm up eleven on uh, the next closest guy, which is the Fanatics. Really didn't expect my team to be this fast, but uh, evidently we steal a lot of bags. So. Where where am I at in steals? Um, you are in third. Okay. With 35. I thought I was competing there, so, alright. Uh, total bases. Stallions. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, I'll take myself. It is not. It is Kingdom Come. Zach has 810 total bases. Um, hmm. Stallions are in second. Um, just to give you a, a where the league's at, Team Gorilla Glue at 512. Oh, wow. So 300, and less, 300 less total bases than the top. Um, average that over what six and a half weeks and big big disparage between top and bottom there that's what happens when five year keepers start out on the disabled list or in the minor leagues I guess so true alright let's slide over to the pitching um, batting average against Andy uh, say Frank I'll take yeah I was going to say I'll take Frank uh, it is Andy it's not close um, 205, and the next closest is 222. Is the Slump Busters actually? Huh. Um, Shelby Miller included. <laughs> yeah, so he hasn't not, been in the last couple times. Not, not, really, not really that close. Matador is dominating in that category. ERA. Andy. I guess it has to be Andy. Only makes sense. I guess Andy. It is not close again. The Matadors are like eight tenths of a run ahead of the next closest. Uh, two six four ERA, which is just ridiculous, um, just dominating. Holds. Well, I spoiled <laughs> this one, but I'll just say myself because I have Patances and Watson. Um, Shane. I think Shane because he uh, came up with this segment. <laughs> um, it is actually a three-way tie between me, Kaz, and Billy as twenty-six. All three of us. I didn't realize Bill had that many holds. That was I know me and you are always always streaming a lot of holds, and you have a lot of, you have a lot of the good middle relievers. I don't stream any holds. Yeah. I just get them. You just get them. <laughs> um, but yeah, Billy twenty six was surprising to see. Um, 
case. Frank. Andy. It's actually not close. It, it is the Charleston Trojans and Cody have 448. Uh, 27 ahead of Frank, who's in second. Um, saves. I'm going to go with myself. I'll take the Fanatics. Stallions. <laughs> it is the Fanatics uh, with 36. The Slumpbusters are in <clears> second <throat> with 33, so... You guys have the, the closers locked down. It seems like this year. Stallions, you're in sixth, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's got Gomez, though. He's got 16. I just, I just wanted to put out Jenna Gomez out there. So. <laughs> Where am I at in saves? Um, I just went to win, so I'm going to have to wait on that. All right. Win. Um, fanatics. Andy? Ball. It is Andy. He has 35, two ahead of the Chodes. Um, the Fanatics are in seventh, so. I picked them because, oh no, he doesn't have Chris Sale anymore, never mind. And. Where's Jordan? Final, Jordan in wins is ninth. Alright, never mind. You're done. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Whip, let's close it out. Andy. Stop. Ball. Yeah, Ball, it's not close again. Um, not close either. 1.03, which is ridiculous. He basically runs out Mariano Rivera every day, <laughs> and he pitches every day. That's pretty much what's happening. Uh, wins all the ratios all the time, which is really <clears throat> annoying. Um, but, yeah, just absolutely dominating the pitching. So, yeah, I, I was just looking at stuff today, and uh, thought that was pretty interesting. Just see where everyone stands, kind of, who, who the top teams are at, at each one. All right. So, yeah, that was... I think eye-opening. Um, would love to see a full list of that. If you know someone could ever get that out to us, that would be, I think, fun to look at. Um, all right, let's get into our top three. I chose to talk about relief pitcher position group tonight because I haven't been in a top three yet, and I thought this was my <laughs> best chance at getting in a top three. So, um, sure, since you're the new man on the podcast and in the league why don't you go ahead and give us your uh, top three uh i had me in the top three uh, i have three uh closers that are on three pretty solid teams and then a fourth that's <clears throat> that's on a, a struggling team right now but still pretty good i did have cause in second and then I, I had a tough time between uh manifest destiny the stallions and chode for for third I, I would probably have to go with uh, Manifest Destiny with Rosenthal, Davis, and Rodney as my third if I had to pick. Yeah, I have uh, I have the Slump Busters one here. Um, tough to go wrong with Chapman, Jansen, Ozuna, and Rondon. Um, four pretty good closers, um, all playing on relatively decent teams. Um, obviously, the Yankees aren't really that good this year but Chapman's hard to go against him um kind of a revolving door there in the in the holds categories but with those four closers it's tough to beat um Desperado's at two for me um just a gluttony of, of good arms there uh Batances 
Colomay's pitching really well. Papelbon and Allen. I mean, Allen's kind of hasn't been as exciting as you think you thought he was going to be, but still effective. Uh, Watson and Sean Kelly's been outstanding. So uh, a lot of volume there, a lot of good arms. And I went with Manifest Destiny with three. Um, I'm not really sure on this one. I, I think it's pretty close. I think that was the biggest debate here for me. Um, I think Rosenthal will figure it out. He hasn't been as good as I think we we thought he was going to be. But Rosenthal, Rodney's been pretty solid. And uh, Wade Davis actually hasn't been as good as we thought either. I think he'll turn it around too. Um, I'll take myself first. And then, Homer. Just because I think... I'm just looking at holds and saves combination. Um, I just like a lot of the guys I have in the pen, especially Batansis. Um, Watson's been pretty steady, and you know I'm hoping Colomay can hold on to this job. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen, um, but he's been awesome, so that was a good pickup. I'll have Sure second. Um, just that that run of closers he has is outstanding. Um, and then third for me, I guess it's going to be the Chodes. Uh, I always have a good pitching staff, so I have them third. Um, yeah, definitely tough to. It's tough, I think, to pick relief pitchers because do you go on what you think the players are or how, what they've done so far? Because that. Relief pitchers, I guess, is the one position in baseball that it's so volatile. Um, you can see a guy like Fernando Rodney be the best closer in the game in one year and then have a 6 ERA the following year. Um, this year, I think, has been a little strange in the fact that we haven't seen a lot of closers lose their jobs yet. So I know you know Kyle's been pretty active in getting saves on the waiver market, but um, usually... This month of the year, especially, we're hearing about guys losing their job, and it's a mad dash to the waiver wire to get get some uh, get some saves. The other thing that I think is really hurt that this year is I think everybody's kind of really, for the most part, putting an emphasis on holds this year more so than in the in last year at least. Um, guys going out there and making sure they have eighth inning guys, so there aren't a lot of saves out there when someone does lose their job. So. I don't know if you guys have any opinions on that. That's a good point. I think uh, last year, I think we had a lot of teams that really weren't even worried about the, the holds category. And then this year, it seems like everyone has at least one, if not two. Yeah, but, the, the holds were definitely kind of a – I mean, I've played in fantasy leagues before, and the holds were a new category for me this year. So I, I, I didn't really know how to approach it and still kind of feeling it out. Uh it's kind of a streaming thing for me right now, which is hit or miss. Unless you're Shane, yeah, then you can um, all of them. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, I'll give out my rankings here since you guys forgot to let me do that. Thanks, <laughs> um, I have um, Shane in first after last week, just streaming 40 different middle relievers at me and being successful. Um, no, but seriously. Um, I have... I have Sure first. I got Frank second. Um, and then third for me was... I guess it wasn't that difficult. I, ha I do have you, Cause, but then I just think a fourth-place person to talk about that I think has a nice bullpen that we haven't really mentioned is um, is Fick with, uh, you know, Andrew 
Miller. Uh, Sishek has been pitching really well in the Lanson. So, um, you know, those are three pretty quality arms that he has. Uh, he hasn't done much else other than those three, but they've been pretty good this year. Caleb is last in the league and holds with three. <laughs> yes, he is. That should go up now with Miller, but just thought that was interesting to comment on. Yeah, some some people value the the holds category and go after it, and some people don't. Just kind of how it is. <laughs> I feel like you want to say more there, but <laughs> I will win holds this year. <laughs> I will have the most holds at the end of the year. All right, I'll take that as a challenge. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to drop a. Is there going to be a side bet there? Because that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm willing to go on the line right now and say I will lead the league in holds. All right. I'll make a $5 gentleman bet right now. I don't want your money. <laughs> Everybody in the league has Shane, a save. you also made another bold prediction earlier this year that I put an end to by beating Andy. So. Yeah, I actually yeah. spoke with Andy about it this past, like last week. Um, said I was disappointed that he didn't start Eddie Butler. Would have uh, cost him or would have helped him not get the defeat against you but yeah that one uh went by the wayside still looking good on the sluggers missing by 50 games though we're, we're still uh, on pace <laughs> is that bold and the chodes making the playoffs uh two out of three won't be bad if i hit there yeah and i don't think i'm gonna win the division kyle so that'll uh that'll take one of yours down but it's early we'll oh, see you'll get it <laughs> Um, all right, anything else going on here in week seven of the Blue Mountain League that you guys want to talk about before we uh, get off the air? It's kind of getting to the point where we've seen three or four teams make a move. I uh, talk about just about every week at the end here. Um, what are the middle of the pack teams going to do? The teams that are kind of in that in the playoffs, just out of the playoffs. We saw... The Fanatics make a move. We saw the Desperados make a move. Saw Kingdom Come and Destiny both make a move. Um, kind of seeing which teams are want to push the go button right now, and some teams uh, maybe kind of playing the wait and see game. Um, I think I'm in the wait and see category right now uh, at the Jones Bros here. So I, I think I have an okay team, but I don't know if um which direction we're gonna go yet. So some teams made a big move, and some teams are kind of waiting and seeing. I think me and me and Sure are both in that. That wait and see category. Yeah, I'm definitely in the wait and see. Uh, with the last two weeks, kind of put me back in the the wait and see mode. See if we can keep going. Maybe maybe even become a buyer here or there. Like I said, I do have a good minor league system, but I don't know if I want to deplete that for a first round loss, essentially in playoffs. <clears throat> Here's a quick question for you guys before we get off. Who's the next guy to go from uh, the Sluggers? We all we all assume that that's coming soon, right? Um, I would think so. I would, maybe someone takes a flyer on Tolwitzki, but I don't know who would. Um, I think it might be Darvish. And <laughs> just looking, it's got to it's got to be too low in my mind. Um, he's got to go somewhere. Uh, maybe maybe Ryan Zimmerman. I don't know. Um, Ryan Zimmerman of the two thirty nine batting average with four homers from the right. first base spot variety. I mean, hitting behind Bryce Harper, 
someone might be able to take a risk there. Um, yeah, other than that, I'm not really sure. Fowler's interesting, Kyle, because he might be a keeper. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, Fowler, I mean, at 30 years old, uh, kind of a speed asset. Is he going to start to slow down? Obviously, this year he did not. But uh, and, and I can say Tulo was one that I looked at. The Suarez pickup kind of backed me off on that a little bit. But if I was going to be a buyer, Tulo was an option to buy low and give me some potential power out of the middle infield spots. <clears throat> I think I think Darvish, when he comes up, if he has a good start, I think Burke's got to move him right after that start. And I think someone would still be interested in him. You don't think he's going to keep him again? <laughs> At 43? <laughs> uh, no, because I think that was an honest... Well, I think it was a mistake this year, and I think Burke knew that on draft day. So, <laughs> Any, Who else? I guess Tom's getting ready to probably... Pull the plug too, Kyle. Can you speak to that at all? Um, I think he's waiting out for a better market. Um, he, he obviously made that pretty clear that he's <clears throat> willing to sell, but not at Bino's price. Um, when he took that little jab at Bino, which was hilarious, obviously. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think I think he's been ready to sell, but he just wants good value. So I think he'll be waiting until the deadline comes along. Then I think Dave might be the other one. Um, you know, he's got a couple tough tough weeks here ahead of him. Shane, if you put the hurting on him this week like you're doing right now, that would probably push him into the seller market. Yeah, he's kind of right on the outskirts of the playoffs, I think, right now. Yeah, um, and he's been one of the guys that I feel like has been able to get really good returns for when he does make moves. So. Yeah, he always seems to seems to do well when he when he makes some some trades. So. It's going to be interesting to see what he kind of wants to do. Obviously, he's got some, some pieces that he has to move if he is a seller. Um, guys like Miggy. Um, trying to think off the top of my head. Who else? Definitely Miggy was the first one. I think Hamels will definitely be, obviously, a guy that has to move. So, some big-name guys there. Maybe Neil Walker. Smaller piece, but... Yeah, I know the Jonesboro's have some scouts in the stands for that matchup this week. What matchup? You and you and Day. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, certainly want to. Hopefully, I can keep up what I'm doing this week. And uh, I think there's some players on that team that maybe maybe they end the year uh, in a Jonesboro uniform. You're gonna have to make him a good offer. Uh, we're prepared to do so. All right, so uh, that's wrapping up week seven in the Blue Mountain Fantasy Baseball Champions League. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski, for. Kyle Stramayer, Shane Stein, and Brandon Schur. Thanks for listening, and uh, good luck the rest of the week, fellas.